What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to My Hope Center podcast, your place for motivation, hope, and empowerment. It is dangerous to stay in something that God has desired for you to move on from. It's dangerous to stay loyal to the old thing. I got my hands free mic today, so I'm going to slow walk the dog today. (laughs) Some people are like, Pastor, but I want that old thing back. (laughs) But it's dangerous to stay in something that God has already predestined for you to move on from. Here's the thing about God. He's always doing a new thing. God desires to bring new life, to bring new birth, to bring new ideas, to bring new methods, to bring new relationships. He's always desiring to do a new thing. How do I know that? I just simply look at scripture. In Isaiah 43, 19, it says in the first clause, see that I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? So the Lord is asking you, are you not seeing the new thing? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come the old has gone it says behold the new is here he desires someone say a new thing a new thing if you could just type that on the chat a new thing in mark chapter 2 verse 22 it says no one pours new wine into old wine skins otherwise the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wine skins will be ruined and no they will pour new wine into new wine skins i want to let you know that god is always up to something new and praise God that he's always up to something new Uh, in fact salvation was God bringing something new to the earth because before that we were dead in our trespasses and in our sin we were dead in our transgressions we were we were living in an old thing and in fact Jesus was the new thing but he was predestined before the foundations of the earth but when he came on the earth he was new life he was a new birth he was a new beginning for humanity and the scripture says in chapter 2 verse 1 it says uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 as for you you were dead in your transgressions and sins in verse 5 it goes on to say he made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions it is by grace that we have been saved a new thing a new thing a new thing but here is our struggle and our battle can we keep it real I've been in this place many times so so when I'm sharing this I want to let you know I'm sharing from experience oftentimes we will stay in an old thing and and if you identify with one or all of them just let me know in the chat just keep it real be like that that, that's been me pastor that or that was me we stay in in old things or dead things because we say to ourselves I haven't sensed God leading me in another direction Although we've been getting more signs than the 95 highway, praise the Lord. Uh, We keep saying, Lord, give me a sign. Sign right here, sign right here, sign right here. But we're saying, you know what? I don't sense God is leading me yet. Uh, I wish I had somebody. Or we often say to each other uh, or say to ourselves, where, if, 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 if I move, uh, where, where am I going to go? <laughs> or we say, our family has always done it this way. Or we say, uh, this person or thing won't survive without me. 
So we stay in an old thing. <laughs> or, or we say, we're just waiting to see how it works out. Uh, I wish I had somebody. Or we say, but I really do love blank. And so we stay in that old thing. We stay loyal to old things and dead things. Uh, or we say, I'm just going to keep my commitment for X amount of time. Uh, or we say, here, here, here's the one we, we, we uh, lie to ourselves with. Um, I still have hope. So here it is. We, we have fallen trapped to loving and staying parked at monuments that we've missed the movement of God. When we choose to stay in a thing that's expired, you ever drink expired spoiled milk? Baby, it's past its time. It's not good for you. In fact, it's hazardous for you or the community. I want to let you know that when you stay with the old thing or with the dead thing or when the thing that's past, you are parked and staying loyal to a monument that you've lost the move of God. A monument is a statue or a structure that is placed by or over a grave in memory of the dead. And here it is, a movement is something that is obviously in movement from one position to the other that is mentally spiritually emotionally or physically that is a movement there can be movements of people there could be movements of a specific of a specific person or a single person but movement is just that is action it's moving it's it's alive it's ongoing it's continual it's perpetual but the problem is when we stay loyal to a monument when God is on the move and if you didn't know, I want to let you know that God is on the move. Can you just type that for a second on the chat and just let somebody know in case they didn't know on the chat. Maybe tell your neighbor or tap your husband, your wife, or shake your kids. No, don't shake your kids. I know you try to put them to nap. Don't do it. Don't, I, know, I know how that is. Just say to your kids, God is on the move. Just let somebody know that God is on the move. You know, <laughs> is this all right? Can I keep going? It is idolatrous to stay in an old dead thing. How do I know that? Back in Exodus, the Lord God said, you shall not worship any graven images. In other words, don't worship or place anything before me, especially not a dead thing. Something that can't talk to you, something that can't do anything for you, something that can't move, something that can't see. He said, place no other gods before me, but he said, if you're going to place anything, do not place a dead thing. That is idolatry. And it's hazardous when we fall into idolatry because we remain stagnant. God is on the move, but here we are stagnant. We are in old dead things. We are in, oh, can I just, can I just share how, how, I'm, how I'm sensing this thing? We often stay in monuments because they once were movements. So they once were movements. There were, <laughs> there were things, relationships, uh-oh, churches, uh, ministries. There were businesses. There were ideas that once were alive, but baby, they became a monument. And it's hazardous because when you are stuck at a monument, it's like water stagnation. Whenever there is stagnant waters, it can be a major environmental hazard because stagnant waters produce by bacteria and parasites. You ever been talking to somebody that's been in an old toxic thing? 
You have conversations, and I'm not talking about physically, but you can just, there's bacteria and parasites figuratively all up in it when you have conversations. You ever had a conversation that's just, to, you have a conversation with somebody who's been loyal to an expired thing? You can just sense it. It reeks of parasite and just unhealthy and toxic uh, uh, thoughts. So God is desiring for us in this time to move with his movement. What is the movement? I'm so glad that you asked. The movement is the salvation, the deliverance, the healing, the transformation, and the hope of a generation. If there's ever been a time, I've been, I've been screaming this from the mountaintops. I've been talking about revival because I believe that we're at the precipice of the greatest move of God. I wish I had somebody on the chat. I want to let you know that we are at the precipice. We are on the cusp of, of God doing something that we've never seen before. What eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard, things that we've not perceived before. Those are the things that God is getting ready to do. So we've got to be ready to move because the movement is the salvation, the deliverance, the healing, and the transformation and hope of an entire generation. That is the movement, people of God. And today, I just want to share these quick points with you, and I'm going to get out your way. The first thing I want to let you know is that there is an invitation today for participation. <laughs> there is an invitation for your participation and my participation. Here's what I want you to understand about the moves of God. God initiates the movement. God sustains his movement and he ultimately completes the movement. He is the head of the movement. In fact, when you look at scripture, uh, movement or new birth or resurrection, it was always led, initiated, sustained, and completed by the Lord Jesus. So salvation, new creation, new birth, resurrection, in these miraculous acts, God is the sole actor. He is the one that makes it happen. Valley, the Lord gave him a vision. And so God was the one that gave flesh to the dry bones. He's the one that gave the dry bones life through his spirit. Over there in John chapter 11, we see that Lazarus was resurrected. And Lazarus was resurrected at the word of the Lord. Jesus was the one that said, Lazarus, come forth. So it was at his word. So he's the one that initiated it. He's the one that sustained it. And he's the one that completed it. But can I let somebody, can I let somebody know something today uh, he is the one that initiates it sustains it and completes it but we also participate in the move how do I know that when the prophet Ezekiel received the vision in a valley of dry bones can I tell you what was the the valley of dry bones representative of dry things I want to speak to somebody that your spiritual life is at a dry place. It, it, went, it went beyond just being thirsty. Now you just dry. I'm talking about relationship with God is just eh, dry. Prayer life is just eh, <coughs> a, little, a little parched. A little dry, just your devotion and your passion and your excitement and your enthusiasm, just a little, a little dry. Uh, uh, um, that, that area of your business or your ministry has just gone a little, it's a little dusty, it's a little ashy, it's, it's a little dry. And here he is at the valley of dry bones where, where there is no life and God is getting ready to initiate the work. But he said to the prophet Ezekiel, he said, what do you see? 
And the prophet Ezekiel said, I just see a valley of dry bones. Can you get me out of this vision? Because I don't want to be here. It's a little creepy. But here it is. The Lord desired a move of the Holy Spirit in the midst of a valley of dry bones. And he says in verse 4, the Lord said, prophesy to these dry bones, son of man. So God had a desire to see new life. But he didn't want to do it without Ezekiel. Ah, I wish you, I wish somebody was there to catch it. He said to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. I will make life come to you. I will attach tendons and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. In other words, he was saying, I want you to participate. So I want to take a moment for 10 seconds to just prophesy over somebody that's been in a dry place. I'm placing myself in the place of the prophet Ezekiel, and I'm coming today on behalf of the Lord and ah, and speaking to the dry areas of your life, speaking to the expired things, and I'm calling forth the new thing of God, the new wind of God, the spirit of the Lord, bringing life once again. I want to know if there's anybody that's going to participate in the move of God. Is there anybody in my living room that can say, I'm going to participate. I don't want to be left out, but I will prophesy when I've got to prophesy. I will lay my hands when I have to lay my hands. I will preach when I have to preach. I will pray when I've got to pray. I will worship. When I've got to worship, I will be bold when I must be bold because I've got to participate. We are invited to participate, people of God. If you believe that God desires to move without you, I'm just sadly mistaken. He desires to use you as well. In John chapter 11, he called Lazarus. He told him, come out of that grave. He initiated, he sustained it, and he completed it. But here it is, here it is, uh, in verse 43, 40, 44, when he had said this, this is John chapter 11, verse 43, 44, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud, loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands, here it is, I need you to, I'm getting ready to throw some, can you just get ready to catch him. Lazarus come out, the dead man came out, his hands and feet were wrapped with uh, stripes of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, meaning his people, the disciples, take off the grave clothes and let him go. In other words, he was saying, you just saw the miracle, but I want you to participate in it. I'm so grateful today that I get to be a part of the move of God. Can I just look at this camera? Can I just lean in and let somebody know that I appreciate the movements of old. I appreciate, I appreciate the revivals of the 17th century, the 18th century, and the 19th century. I appreciate what God had done in the 20th century, but I don't want to just live simply saying, God did that before. That's amazing. No, no, no. I want to say God is doing it now. If God healed before, baby, I want to see it now. If God delivered before, I want to see it now. If God restored before, I want to see it now. I'm not going to settle with the monument. 
I'm not going to settle with just commemorating what was. I believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he is the same yesterday, today, forever, he is on the move today, and you and I have got to participate. Would you just look at the person beside you? Would you just smack your husband and let him know? We've got to participate. Would you just look at your homegirl right there in your, in your apartment, just high-five them and say, we've, ah, we've got to participate. We've got to participate. The second thing I want to share with you today is that there is an invitation, here it is, for unification. There is an invitation for unification. So first we get an invitation for participation. And then we get an invitation for unification. Y'all like how I made that rhyme? Praise the Lord. In Ephesians, I'm doing the best I can. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6, the scripture says this. As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Here it is. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, there is one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So if we desire to move with the move of God, We've got to actively participate, but not only participate, we must be unified as we are participating. I don't know about you, but group projects weren't fun for me growing up. Whenever I heard the teacher announce group project, I just started looking around like, please don't pair me up with him. Please don't pair me up with her. I'll go up to the teacher and say, is it possible? Can I just... Is there a way around it where I just do an individual project that will make up for the group <laughs> Because y'all know how group projects went. One would be overly enthused, just out, really OCD and out of control, just completely just wanted to dominate the project, wouldn't want anybody to have input. And then you had the one that just be in the background and they would absolutely not participate at all. And they just, and then you'll ask them like, what do you think about it? That's, that's good, that's good. Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm with it, I'm with it. <laughs> okay, what do you think about this? Between this or that? I mean, either way, it all works out, right? <laughs> You have one person that's sleeping. You have one person procrastinating. You have maybe a few people that were actually getting the project done. And then at the end of it, you got one grade. <laughs> and if you got a good grade, you'd be looking at, at your partners that didn't do any work like you. Uh, you special child of God. That, that's, how, that's how we cuss, right? You are a special child of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But you want to say something else. Yeah, yeah. But here it is. We've got to get this thing together in the church. We've got to participate, but we've also got to do it together. And unity does not necessarily mean uniformity. 
So whenever we come together, we, we are bringing our diverse callings. We are bringing our, our unique personalities. We are bringing our individual spiritual gifts and experiences. We are, we are bringing a collective of who we are. We, are. we are coming together for the sole purpose of the move of God. We've got to be unified. Can you just, can you just shout it in my living room? Unity, unity, unity. Could you, just, could you just shout it on the chat? Unity. We've got to be unified. Unity, unity, unity. And, and, and since we're on the subject of unity, since we're on the subject of unity, can I just kind of go there for, for just a, a minute and then I'll dive back into my, into my teaching. Uh, since, we're in, since we're in the canceling mood right now in society, can we cancel, can we cancel religiosity? that has hindered people becoming unified? Can we get rid of old dead traditions and things and movements of man that were never movements of God that have hindered ultimately the people of God because this person looks different, because that person doesn't look, doesn't talk the same as me, because they don't dress the same as me, because they don't practice the same as me. So we have been divided and we have been caught into territorialism and we have caught into denominationalism and say, we can't rock with you. I'm over here you're over there we can't work alongside each other but here it is since we're in the canceling mood I want to cancel religiosity movements of man that have hindered the people of God from coming together this is a time where we need unity we need unity we need, get, we need to get rid of this mindset that because you believe this thing and I believe that, then we can't come together. We may look different. We may speak different. We may have diverse callings. We may have different experiences. But when we come together, we manifest the multiplicity of the Godhead. We bring the, the fullness of Jesus on the earth. People get caught up in, well, what side are you on? Uh, you're, you're, you're overly passionate and you're, you're preaching and teaching the gifts of the spirit and you talk about healing so, so, so you're, on the, you're on the charismatic side you're on that side so you're not on the side of proper theology and proper information and interpretation so what side are you on because we don't do that so, so, so are you, are you, with, are you with proper exegesis on this side or are you, with, are you with on the other extreme where you got all power all gifts but no word no information no theology no exegesis Jesus was never confined to one thing and he said he, he called us to be his disciples and if we are his disciples we are to imitate his ways and if he wasn't limited and put in a box they tried, the Pharisees try to put him in a box the Sadducees try to put him in a box that, that's why they were Sadducees because they were sad you see Sadducees I hope you caught that uh, they couldn't confine Jesus so I want to serve notice to somebody that you will not be able to put Hope Center in a box neither. You will not be able to put Pastor Sergio in a box. I will do as the Lord says. I will go where the Lord says go. I, I wish I had somebody. I can do both. I could be on the side of theology, exegesis, interpretation, and information, and I can also be on the side of demonstration of power. <laughs> Acts, in what it says in Acts chapter 1, uh, verse, uh, over there in Acts chapter 1, it says, I wrote about, in verse 1, all that Jesus began to do and teach. He didn't just teach, he also did. In other words, he demonstrated. 
He didn't just demonstrate power, but he taught. He did both. What side are you on? Baby, I'm doing both. <laughs> We've got to be unified. For far too long, we've been divided, these different lines, and we can't come together, or we don't listen to one another, or we don't pay attention to the tension, and communicate, and reconcile, and come alongside each other for the move of God. We've got to be unified, people of God. You know, speaking of Jesus, because I love him, I don't know if anybody else loves him, but I love speaking about Jesus. When he was nailed on a cross, that was the ultimate move on behalf of the enemy to stop his movement. Because when he was nailed on a cross, they nailed his hands because they wanted to nail the works of his hands. They put a crown of thorns on his head because they wanted to stop the move of his peace that he would give over people's minds. And here it is, they nailed his feet because it's symbolic of. So the enemy said, if we can nail his feet, we can stop the movement. <laughs> but I hope you catch this revelation as I got it from the Holy Spirit. But here's what you need to understand that just some time before he was nailed, Jesus did something incredible, and I never tied these two things together until the Holy Spirit revealed this to me. Just some chapters before, just some time before, he did a special act in which he, in which he washed the... Washed the feet of his disciples. And, 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 and many have taught that it was just for the sake of servitude, and it was indeed that. It was an act of humility. It was an act of service, but what he was also doing <laughs> was he was sanctifying his, their feet. He was preparing them because he knew that his feet will be nailed, but he said, when they nail my feet, your feet are gonna be ready to move and to go. Nothing will stop my move. So where they take me physically and limit me, I will release you all and your feet for the journey. And when he resurrected, he affirmed, he stamped, he sealed, he verified that his move will continue going. You can nail my feet. You're not going to stop the move. You can lock us down. You're not going to stop the move. Sickness may come to my home, but it's not going to stop the move. I wish I had somebody. Discouragement may hit my marriage, but you're not going to stop the move. My finances might have got hit a little bit, but you're not going to stop the move. I wish I had somebody that would say, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. I won't stay stagnant any longer. I won't stay down any longer. I won't stay in the place I've been any longer. I'm moving with the move of God we've got to participate we've got to be unified and we've got to understand that Jesus ultimately paid the price for his move to continue on the earth I'm grateful for the moves of God in the past I'm grateful for what was been written in scripture 
in the book of Acts. We often talk about the book of Acts, the Acts church, the first century church. And many people say we want to return to that. I appreciate what's been done. And nothing will ever be taken away from the written Logos word of God. But I do believe that God desires to move in this day and age. I believe that as he used powerful men and women, young people in the past, I believe that God is desiring to see a new generation rise up and to say, I'm going to participate. Do I have anybody on the chat that would just say, listen, nothing is going to stop the move of God in my household. Nothing is going to stop the move of God in my marriage. Nothing will stop the move of God in my ministry, in my calling, in my vision. I believe that he is on the move. For too long, we've been bound, loyal to the old thing. And you've been praying for signs? Let my voice and this face be your last sign. (laughs) Today, I don't feel I came with revelation, but I feel like I came with confirmation. Because God has been pulling you to a church called Hope Center because you were bound to an old dead thing. Old dead religion that didn't do anything for anybody. Or old dead ways, patterns, thinking. Caught and dead in trespasses, in sin, in bondage, in captivity. And God has been pulling you, speaking to you. Let my voice be confirmation. He's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. In fact, I prophesy that over your life. He's doing a new thing. He's moving. Once again, thanks so much for tuning into today's message. I pray that it was a blessing to you. I'm so glad that you were able to hear today's message, but can I tell you there's nothing like the live experience. Would you join us on a Sunday afternoon at 1.30? We meet at Greenbelt Middle, 6301 Breezewood Drive in Greenbelt, Maryland. And so I want you to be there. I want you to get connected. You can find out more information on our social media at My Hope Center on every platform. And also, you can check out more information at myhopecenter.org. I hope to see you soon. So until Until then, peace, love, and God bless.